deep beneath the ocean, where everything is quiet and dark, a beast begins to awake. Picture a world underwater with rocky landscapes, hidden caves, and old shipwrecks lying on the ocean floor. The water is blue, and rays of sunlight create magical patterns as they shine through. Imagine this beast, a huge sea monster with scales like mountains. Its eyes glowing softly reveal how intelligent and ancient it is. The tail, full of scars and bumps, moves gracefully, creating ripples that make little glowing sea creatures scatter away, creating a beautiful light show. In the beast's heart, there are mysterious feelings, a mix of seriousness and memories of battles fought long ago. As it gets ready to come up to the surface, its movements tell a story. It understands the ocean, a place of calm and storms, and it carries the responsibility of being an ancient guardian. Before rising to the top, it takes a moment to appreciate the underwater world it calls home. The ocean, with all its secrets, is where the beast belongs. With each beat of its powerful heart, it is like a wise protector, a mysterious giant beneath the waves. But don't make the giant angry. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters, both ancient and modern. This week we are discussing Godzilla, the king of monsters, a giant beast, or kaiju, that originated from Japanese cinema. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com, such as Destination Terror. You can listen to a new episode every week as I take you to horrifying destinations, both real and mythical. Be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. You can now find Freaky Folklore videos on YouTube as well. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. This stinks. Seriously. I've never been so mad in my life. I'm so furious. I could chew titanium and shoot laser beams from my eyes. Layla unleashed her pinup anger toward Natalie's image watching her from the open laptop laying on her bed. The video call with her best friend had taken an unexpected turn, and Layla found herself boiling with frustration. Only 14 years old, Layla had taken an interest in the environment at a young age, after her mother had fallen ill. After numerous visits to specialists and even more tests, they found that her mother had a rare condition that was believed to have come from exposure to radiation. Layla and her father, Thomas, watched helplessly as her mother suffered and eventually passed away, leaving Layla with a sense of responsibility to help make changes to the world. Natalie's face on the screen mirrored confusion, her brows furrowed. Layla, what happened? Why are you so mad? 
My dad accepted an offer to spend a month consulting with some big company in Japan. He didn't even ask me what I thought. He just said, start packing. I mean, I have a life too. I just started the environmentalist club at school. If I'm not there to run it, it will probably just fall apart. Layla sighed in frustration. I guess he'll just dump me at grandma's a thousand miles away from home and expect me to be okay with it. She said as she dramatically plopped down on her bed, as if it was the end of the world. These were the times when she really missed her mother. She had only been five when she had passed away nine short years ago. Her mother had been a scientist and had been doing top-secret research for the government when she had fallen ill. From the computer, Natalie's expression softened, and she leaned closer to the screen. You're upset because you're passionate about the club, and you don't want to see your hard work go to waste. But have you talked to your dad about how you feel? No, not really. I just stormed off, after he told me the news. Well, maybe you should try to talk to him. Natalie suggested, and see if there's any way you can work around his trip. Layla nodded slowly, considering her friend's advice. Yeah, I guess you're right. It's just hard when it feels like no one is listening to me. Natalie gave a sympathetic smile. I know, but I'm listening, and I'm here for you no matter what. Following Natalie's advice, Layla approached her dad again. Dad, you know I just started the but he cut her off mid-sentence. Layla, this trip is important, and I thought it would be a good learning experience for you, too. I'm going to Japan to help save the environment. The fishing industry over there is in crisis, and they need my help to create sustainable practices. I want you to come with me. You can continue to lead your club from there, and you'll get to see firsthand how your work can make a global impact. Layla's eyes widened in surprise and then a smile slowly spread across her face. Really? You want me to come with you? Her dad nodded, a proud look in his eyes. Of course, Layla. You're passionate about this work, and I want you to be part of it. Plus, it'll be a chance for us to spend some quality time together. Layla felt a warmth spread through her chest, as she realized that her dad had been listening to her all along. Maybe this trip wouldn't be so bad after all. Layla's dad, a marine biologist, worked as a consultant traveling around the world to provide guidance to companies, especially those in the fishing industry, on how to implement environmentally safe and sustainable practices. This trip was a big opportunity for him, and he wanted to share it with her, so he didn't waste any time booking two flights to Japan. Layla couldn't contain her excitement as she packed her bags. She couldn't believe that she was going to Japan a country that she had always wanted to visit, and with her dad no less. Although she was still a bit sad about being away from her friends, she knew that this trip was going to be the adventure of a lifetime. As they boarded the flight to Japan, Layla couldn't help but feel excited about the adventure ahead. She had her laptop in her backpack, ready to continue leading the environmentalist club from afar, and she couldn't wait to see the impact that her dad's work would have on the fishing industry in Japan. When they arrived in Japan, Layla was amazed by the vibrant culture and bustling city streets. Her dad had arranged for them to stay in a traditional Japanese house on the outskirts of the city, where they would be closer to the fishing communities that they were working with. 
The first few days were a whirlwind of meetings and site visits. Layla was fascinated by the innovative solutions that her dad and his team were proposing to help the fishing industry become more sustainable. She spent her evenings working on the Environmentalist Club and video chatting with Natalie, telling her all about the exciting things she was seeing and learning. Meanwhile, miles from the Tokyo shore, the very company that Layla's dad was working for was beginning to carry out an experimental operation. In an attempt to create fish shields, the industry was conducting underwater blasting to create artificial reefs. What they didn't know was that there was something resting deep within the Pacific Ocean, and the shock waves from the blasts were disturbing its slumber. Layla had just finished up a call with Natalie when she heard a loud rumbling coming from outside. She rushed to the window and saw a cloud of smoke rising up from the direction of the ocean. Her heart raced as she realized that something was wrong. She grabbed her laptop and ran outside to find her dad. Dad, did you hear that? She asked, panting. Her dad turned to her, a concerned look on his face. Yes, I did. It sounded like it came from the ocean. Layla's mind raced as she tried to figure out what could have caused the explosion. She remembered reading about the underwater blasting that the fishing industry was conducting and wondered if that could be the cause. Dad, do you think it could be the blasting? She asked. Her dad nodded, his face grim. It's possible. We need to go and see what's going on. They quickly got in the car and drove towards the coast. When they arrived, they saw a chaotic scene. Boats were overturned and debris was scattered across the ocean. There were injured fishermen on the shoreline and Layla's heart sank at the sight. As they got closer, they saw that the fishermen were pointing toward a massive dark shape in the water. It was too large to be a whale, and Layla's dad's eyes widened in recognition. Oh my God, it can't be. Layla followed her dad's gaze and gasped when she saw what he was looking at. Rising from the depths of the ocean was a creature so massive that it could eat the largest whales for snacks. Godzilla. She heard her dad whisper under his breath. Layla couldn't believe her eyes. The legendary monster from the movies was rising from the ocean, awakened by the blasting. The shockwaves had disturbed its slumber, and now it was wreaking havoc on the fishing industry that had disturbed its home. Godzilla was a massive monster. It was nearly 300 feet tall. Its scales were dull and gray, and its musculature was ripped. Its eyes glowed with an inner fury as it let out a roar unlike anything Layla had ever heard, a sound that was so loud that it hurt her ears. The monster's head was the size of a building. Its skin had a mottled green and black pattern that blended well with the ocean and coastal forest habitats. Its skin was an ashen gray, mottled with sickly-looking green, and its belly was black with pitted scales. Its eyes were a bright, bloody red, that raised the hairs on Layla's arms. I told them this could happen, but they wouldn't listen. Thomas muttered under his breath. Dad, I thought Godzilla was fiction. Made it for movies and comic books. Layla exclaimed as she watched the massive creature towering over the shoreline, its powerful tail thrashing in the water. 
Her dad shook his head, a grim look on his face. It's real, Layla, and it's more dangerous than anything you could ever imagine. Godzilla is something that everyone tried to erase from the history books. They were ashamed of what they had created, a monster that could destroy entire cities with ease. Layla watched in horror as Godzilla continued to wreak havoc on the coastline, crushing buildings and boats with its massive size. As Layla and her dad observed the chaos caused by Godzilla's emergence, they realized the severity of the situation. The massive creature was causing destruction on a scale they had never witnessed before. Layla, we need to get to safety, her dad urged, his voice tinged with concern. They hurried to the car, trying to navigate the increasingly chaotic scene. Layla's mind raced with questions and fear. She couldn't believe that the legendary creature from the movies was now a terrifying reality, and its rampage was threatening lives and livelihoods. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. What is horror to you? Monsters? Murder? Mystery? Well, if human monsters are your thing, June's Journey is the game for you, albeit in a more lighthearted tone. June's Journey is a hidden object game with a thrilling murder mystery set in the Roaring Twenties. You play as June on the hunt for your sister's murderer. Discover clues through exciting hidden object scenes with beautiful and atmospheric illustrations and music. Victory brings you closer to new plot points and suspenseful answers. When not hunting for clues, you can customize your own luxurious estate island with gardens, buildings, and decor. Or chat and play with or against other players too in the Detective Club, where you could even put your skills to the test in the Detective League. June's journey is both relaxing and fun to play. With my busy schedule, I find it's the perfect game to pick up and play whenever I've got a free moment. It doesn't demand too much time, and it's pretty satisfying solving puzzles quickly and unlocking new clues. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Who is King of the Monsters? Well, according to the 2021 movie, and millions of die-hard fans around the globe. Godzilla holds the title, and wears the crown. Godzilla is a kaiju, a Japanese term that translates to strange beast, or monster in English. In the context of popular culture and entertainment, kaiju refers to a genre of Japanese films featuring giant monsters, often portrayed as enormous creatures of destructive power. These monsters can include various creatures with fantastical and sometimes supernatural abilities, ranging from giant dinosaurs and insects to mythical creatures and extraterrestrial beings. Godzilla can be considered a form of modern folklore. Folklore typically refers to the traditional beliefs, customs, stories, and practices 
passed down orally and through cultural expressions within a community. If you ever wonder whose creative mind came up with the idea of Godzilla, then it's your lucky day, because I'm going to tell you about Godzilla's origin story, his creator, and what he represents, and his evolution over time. The genesis of the creature known as Godzilla can be attributed to the efforts of Tomoyuki Tanaka, a Japanese producer who conceived the idea for Toho Company Ltd. However, Tanaka's motivation extended beyond mere financial gain. Instead, Godzilla stands as a reflection of the era in which it was born, deeply influenced by the aftermath of World War II. The original Godzilla film released in 1954 was influenced by the collective trauma and fears of the Japanese people stemming from the atomic bombings of Hiroshima and Nagasaki in 1945, as well as the Lucky Dragon 5 incident in 1954. You may be asking, what is the Lucky Dragon 5 incident? Well, on March 1, 1954, the United States conducted a test explosion of a nuclear warhead on Bikini Atoll in the South Pacific. A cloud of radioactive ash caused by the blast engulfed a Japanese fishing boat named the Lucky Dragon No. 5 in English, 85 miles away from the test area. The crew suffered radiation sickness for a number of weeks after the Bravo test. All recovered except for the boat's chief radio man, who died on September 23, 1954, from complications of radiation sickness. Godzilla is often interpreted as a metaphor for the destructive power of nuclear weapons. The monster's origin story involves nuclear testing, and its ensuing rampage through Tokyo is symbolic of the horrors of nuclear war. The film carries a powerful anti-nuclear message and reflects the anxieties of a nation that had experienced the devastating consequences of atomic bombings. In this context, Godzilla becomes a manifestation of the fears and consequences associated with nuclear power, radiation, and the potential for mass destruction. Over the years, Godzilla has evolved into a complex and multifaceted symbol, but its initial creation was undoubtedly influenced by the historical and cultural context of post-war Japan. Some of you may have already noticed that I'm referring to Godzilla as he. But that's because Godzilla is commonly portrayed as a male monster. However, it's essential to note that Godzilla is a fictional character and different adaptations or interpretations may present variations. In some later films or other media within the Godzilla franchise, the gender of Godzilla may be less explicitly defined or could vary based on the storyline or creative choices of the filmmakers or writers. In certain instances, Godzilla may be depicted as a female or simply as a gender-neutral force of nature without a specified gender. Ultimately, the gender of Godzilla can depend on the specific version of the character within a particular film, series, or other media. As I mentioned earlier, Godzilla made its debut with the release of its feature film in Japan on November 3, 1954. Although the film received mixed reviews from critics, it found a more favorable reception among audiences, earning $1.6 million during its initial theatrical run. The question arises, why would Japanese viewers embrace a creature meant to symbolize the traumatic history of their nation? Essentially, the appeal lies in a universal fascination with dramatic stories 
much like how American audiences enjoyed their own variety of monster movies. People have always been drawn to onstage tragedies. Aristotle even theorized that stories have the power to purge negative emotions, like pity and fear, from their spectators. Despite lacking modern visual effects, the original black-and-white film was a remarkable technical achievement for its time. Notably, the special effects director couldn't employ the stop-motion animation techniques used in American films like King Kong. Japan lacked sufficient expertise in this technique, making it impractical for a full-length feature film within a reasonable time frame. Facing the realization that stop-motion animation could take up to seven years with its limited resources, Subodaya Productions pioneered pseudimation. In this method, an actor dons a suit and portrays the monster, akin in some ways to the early days of motion capture performances. The result proved successful, leading Godzilla to spawn a new genre of Japanese monster movies known as kaiju cinema. To capitalize on the initial success of the first Godzilla, Toho Studios promptly released Godzilla Raids again in 1955. Recognizing the film's triumph, Toho later launched a significantly Americanized version titled Godzilla, King of the Monsters, in 1956. Despite Godzilla's popularity attaining monumental proportions in the United States, the monster predominantly remained a Japanese import for many years. It wasn't until 1998 that TriStar Pictures released the first American Godzilla movie. While the initial Godzilla film had a distinct horror theme, featuring radiation poisoning and families grieving the loss of loved ones, the 1955 film Godzilla Raids Again introduced a novel concept. Although still a formidable menace, Godzilla encountered a foe of similar stature in the sequel, positioning him as a protector targeting another destructive creature instead of a densely populated city. The introduction of Gigantus the Fire Monster in Godzilla Raids Again marked the inception of another giant monster, eventually evolving into a friendly ally of Godzilla. The theme of new allies and formidable adversaries became a recurring element in subsequent Godzilla movies, featuring battles against sentient chemical waste, oversized plants, various cybernetic beasts, and the iconic King Kong. The attempt by American studios to release a Godzilla movie in 1998 resulted in a widely considered box office disappointment. The U.S. version presented a CGI Godzilla that despite being initially awakened by a nuclear blast, largely abandoned the atomic symbolism that resonated with earlier audiences. In 2014, Legendary Pictures made a fresh attempt with a new Godzilla feature film, returning to the monster's radioactive origins. The film also incorporated timely metaphors. Director Gareth Edwards explained, In our film, Godzilla represents a force of nature. The theme of man versus nature creeps up a lot visually throughout the film. The 2014 film became a blockbuster, spawning two direct sequels. Godzilla King of the Monsters in 2019 and Godzilla vs. King Kong in 2021 and initiating the legendary pictures Monsterverse. In these films, Godzilla is portrayed not solely as a symbol of destruction, but as a mythical creature, restoring balance to an ecosystem damaged by human actions.
while still evoking terror. Godzilla, a character that has been both destroyer and protector throughout its career, serves as a poignant reminder that the misuse of elements from the environment to nuclear power can have dire consequences. This unexpected legacy endures, undoubtedly leaving a lasting impact. If you're a kaiju fan, or a fan of strange monsters, especially Godzilla, you will be happy to hear that there's a new Godzilla movie set to debut in 2024. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. As Layla and Thomas hurriedly drove away from the coastline, the situation took a terrifying turn. Debris from the Godzilla-induced chaos began to rain down on the road. Boats, cars, and fragments of buildings were hurled through the air, creating a hazardous obstacle course and blocking their escape route. Layla gripped the edges of her seat, her eyes widening in fear as the destructive fallout of Godzilla's rampage reached them. Her dad skillfully maneuvered the car, weaving through the airborne obstacles as they desperately tried to reach safety. Dad, we need to find shelter. Layla shouted over the constant sound of crashing debris. Her dad nodded grimly, scanning the surroundings for a secure location. As they drove, the cityscape around them transformed into a chaotic battleground between Godzilla's immense power and the fragile human landscape. They spotted a partially intact building ahead and decided to make a run for it. The road was becoming increasingly treacherous, with massive chunks of concrete and twisted metal blocking their way. Layla's heart pounded as they navigated the hazardous path, narrowly avoiding collisions with the airborne wreckage. Suddenly, a massive section of building crashed down directly in their path, leaving them with no room to maneuver. Layla's dad slammed on the brakes, but it was too late. The debris smashed into the front of the car, shattering the windshield and rendering the vehicle inoperable. The air was thick with dust and the acrid smell of destruction as Layla and her dad frantically assessed their situation. They were trapped in the car, surrounded by wreckage with no clear path to safety. The sound of Godzilla's continued rampage served as a constant reminder of the perilous environment outside. Realizing they had no choice, Layla and her dad unbuckled their seatbelts and climbed out of the damaged car. They carefully navigated through the debris-strewn road, moving toward what seemed like a relatively intact building for cover. Just as they reached the entrance, a massive section of a boat crashed down nearby, sending shockwaves through the air. The force of the impact knocked them off their feet, and Layla felt a searing pain in her leg as debris struck her. Her dad shielded her as best he could, both of them struggling to maintain their footing amid the chaos. Her dad steered her toward the building, just as an ear-splitting roar filled the air. Layla looked across the cityscape to see Godzilla with helicopters buzzing around his head as he swatted them like flies. In frustration, the colossal beast opened its mouth, 
and an astounding blue ray of light shot out of its mouth and enveloped two of the helicopters. Both simultaneously exploded into balls of fire and debris. With adrenaline pumping, Layla's dad pulled at her arm and they crawled into the building, seeking refuge from the ongoing onslaught. Inside, they found a relatively safe corner away from the shattered windows and falling debris. Layla clutched at her injured leg, feeling a mix of pain and relief as they caught their breath. This will not do at all, Thomas said, shaking his head. We aren't any safer in here than we were out there. We need to be underground. No, Dad. We need to be as far away from here as possible. Layla snapped. In the airy silence that followed, Layla and her dad listened to the distant chaos of destruction outside. Their car was now a crumpled wreck, and the road they had driven on just moments ago lay transformed into a landscape of devastation. Layla's leg throbbed with pain, and her dad, though shaken, tried to comfort her as they waited for any signs of rescue or a lull in the chaos. We can't stay here indefinitely, Thomas said, his voice firm. We need to find a way to get out of the city and reach a safer location. Emergency services will be overwhelmed, so we have to rely on our own resources. Layla nodded. Trusting her dad was natural. He'd always been a great problem solver. Layla watched him as he furrowed his brow in deep thought. Layla, I have to tell you something. The government, not just the United States or Japan, but the world government, has known about Godzilla for a very long time. And Godzilla isn't the only monster hidden beneath the surface of the ocean or the earth. There are literally dozens of them all around the world. They call them Titans. Layla sat with eyes wide, listening as her father told her things that she had never imagined possible. Out of all these monsters, Godzilla is special. He was awoken for the first time by military tests in the Pacific back in 1954. What makes him different from the others is what happened during his awakening. He absorbed the radiation from the nuclear energy and underwent a radical transformation. What you witnessed earlier they call atomic breath. Godzilla can release a powerful, focused beam of energy with his breath, using it as a radioactive weapon. Not only is he a gigantic, weaponized monster, but he also regenerates rapidly. Godzilla is practically unstoppable. Thomas paused as if searching for his next words, and Layla took the opportunity to ask, How do you know all this, Dad? He hesitated, and Layla witnessed a flash of pain in his eyes. That is what we were working on when your mother got sick. We were hired to do research on Godzilla. That explained so much. Layla's mother had died from radiation poisoning. She had so many questions, but as an ear-splitting roar filled the air, Layla knew those questions would have to wait. Do you know how to stop it? She asked, hopefully. Yes, but it's dangerous. It could do more harm than good, he answered. This morning I got a call. It seems that the nearest Titan in Russia has been stirring. 
probably because it sensed Godzilla's awakening. It won't be long now until it has awakened as well. And after it, the others. Then, God help us all. But Dad, you didn't answer my question. How can they be stopped? Layla, clearly frustrated and growing more afraid at every word, pleaded. Our only hope is something that is terrifyingly inevitable. Through years of research and study of these creatures' DNA, we believe we have mapped out their personalities. Godzilla, once enraged, can only be calmed by releasing that rage until it is quelled. In order for that to happen, there needs to be a battle. In Russia lies his most formidable opponent, Ragnarok. He is equal in size and power. His only weakness that we could find was his inability to regenerate quickly. Ragnarok is scaled similar to Godzilla, but has the head and body of a lion, with the talons of an eagle, much like the mythical griffin. He has a sonic force roar and can summon the power of lightning, allowing him to form electrified attacks. Thomas drifted off and thought again for a moment. Layla jumped when her father's phone began to ring. For a moment, she had forgotten that phones even existed, lost in a more ancient time of monsters and beasts. He stepped away to answer the phone in private, and when he came back, his face was ghostly white. It has begun, he told Layla. Ragnarok has awakened. We need to find someplace safe before this city becomes a literal battleground. As they left the building, they could hear the sounds of chaos and the occasional roar of Godzilla in the distance. They headed on foot toward the house where they had been staying. Along the way, the scene was staggering. It looked as if a massive tornado had flattened everything. Many people were trying to escape the city. Others were standing around in shock, while children clung to their parents crying. The distant roars of Godzilla still echoed through the air, a constant reminder of the impending battle that would shape the fate of the city. Layla's leg throbbed with pain, but her resolve to find safety overshadowed her physical discomfort. Her dad led the way, his expression a mixture of urgency and concern. They finally reached the house they had been staying in, and it seemed to have been only slightly spared from Godzilla's rage. There was a massive piece of concrete lying in the middle of the front room, and all the windows were shattered. Thomas quickly gathered essential supplies, emphasizing their need to move to a safer location. Layla grabbed her laptop, a lifeline to her friends back home, and followed her dad as they left the crumbling house. As they headed down the street, Thomas made a phone call to try and find out where the evacuation points may be. It took several tries to get the call to go through, but finally he got lucky. Once he ended the call, he told Layla, Apparently we need to head towards Mount Takao. There is an evacuation point somewhere on the way. They're shuttling the injured to the Buddhist temple until they can fly them out. He said as he put his phone back in his pocket. As they neared the outskirts of the city, the ground beneath them began to tremble. Layla grabbed her father's hand something she hadn't done since she was little. I'm scared, Dad, she said, her voice trembling. I know, Monkey. I am too. 
She couldn't remember the last time he had used her nickname. We have to hurry now. Godzilla is on the other side of the city. That isn't him making the ground shake. Layla's mind raced, grappling with the reality of monsters battling on a scale she had only seen in movies. The evacuation point loomed ahead, a designated area far from the imminent clash between Godzilla and Ragnarok. Emergency personnel directed survivors, offering a mix of reassurance and urgency. Layla's heart raced as the ground shook with increasing intensity, signaling the proximity of the colossal beasts. Once at the evacuation point, Layla and her dad were guided to a shelter where they joined others seeking refuge from the unfolding chaos. The atmosphere inside was tense, filled with a mixture of fear and anticipation. Thomas huddled with the others, sharing insights and strategies to minimize casualties. As the shelter's occupants waited for news, Layla couldn't shake the feeling of helplessness. The fate of the city rested in the hands of the Titans, and the impending clash between Godzilla and Ragnarok weighed heavily on her mind. A collective gasp echoed through the shelter as the ground outside rumbled with an intensity that surpassed anything felt before. Layla and her dad exchanged anxious glances, realizing that the decisive battle had begun. The shelter's occupants huddled closer, clinging to the hope that the clash of titans might conclude without irreversible devastation. Unable to resist the overwhelming curiosity, Layla cautiously approached the shelter's entrance, her eyes fixed on the cityscape, now transformed into a battleground for colossal beings. The distant echoes of Godzilla's and Ragnarok's roars and the seismic tremors beneath her feet heightened her anticipation. Layla stood at a safe distance, her eyes fixed on the epic clash unfolding before her. The cityscape, once a bustling metropolis, now served as the arena for an otherworldly confrontation between two colossal beings, Godzilla and Ragnarok. The air crackled with energy as Godzilla, with scales reflecting the scars of battle, faced off against Ragnarok, a creature of equal magnitude. The ground trembled beneath Layla's feet as each step of the Titans echoed through the decimated city. Godzilla, a towering force of nature, roared with a resonance that reverberated through the wreckage. His dorsal plates glowed with an ominous intensity, a prelude to the unleashing of his atomic breath. Layla marveled at the sheer power emanating from the legendary monster, who seemed to embody the wrath of the Earth itself. On the opposing side, Ragnarok, its colossal form marred by the fierce battle, roared in defiance. Layla couldn't help but be captivated by the creature's raw strength and primal ferocity. The mottled green and black patterns of its scales, now tinged with scars, added an eerie beauty to its fearsome presence. The clash of the titans unfolded in a series of powerful and calculated moves. Godzilla, agile despite his immense size, lunged forward with devastating blows each strike creating shockwaves that rippled through the air. Ragnarok countered with colossal sweeps of its tail, the impact sending debris flying in all directions. As the monsters grappled, 
Layla witnessed the release of Godzilla's atomic breath, a beam of radiant energy that cut through the air with precision. The intense heat and blinding light illuminated the battleground, casting a surreal glow over the destruction. Ragnarok, though resilient, bore the brunt of Godzilla's relentless assault. Layla felt a pang of empathy for the creature, recognizing the toll of the battle etched across its once majestic form. The monsters locked in a struggle for dominance seemed to transcend the boundaries of mere creatures, embodying ancient forces vying for supremacy. The battle reached a crescendo as both titans, battered and scarred, unleashed their final, desperate maneuvers. Layla's heart raced as she observed the chaotic dance of destruction, a symphony of roars, clashes, and the echoes of a city in upheaval. In the aftermath of the epic clash, Godzilla emerged victorious. The defeated Ragnarok, now dormant, lay still amidst the ruins. As the echoes of battle faded, Layla witnessed a profound transformation in Godzilla. The once raging monster, fueled by an uncontrollable fury, now seemed to carry the weight of exhaustion and a tempered demeanor. The fierce energy that had enveloped him was replaced by a more subdued aura, as if the battle had purged the turbulent emotions that had consumed him. Godzilla, with his massive form still dominating the shattered cityscape, began a slow and deliberate retreat. Each step seemed measured, and the ground beneath him trembled with the residual aftermath of the titanic clash. The city, now a desolate expanse of destruction, bore witness to the spectacle of the monster's departure. Layla could see the subtle changes in Godzilla's posture. The once aggressive stance gave way to a more tranquil and contemplative demeanor. His dorsal plates, which had glowed with an otherworldly intensity during the battle, now emitted a subdued ethereal glow. It was as if the release of his atomic breath had not only been a destructive force, but also a cathartic act expelling the turmoil within. Godzilla, having fulfilled his role as the harbinger of nature's wrath, turned away from the fallen adversary. Layla couldn't help but feel a mix of awe and sadness as she watched the monster slowly make its way back toward the ocean. With each step, Godzilla seemed to regain a sense of purpose. I returned to the enigmatic solitude of the ocean. The ocean, visible in the distance, beckoned to Godzilla, offering a sanctuary where the ancient creature could find solace and rest. As Godzilla approached the water's edge, the waves seemed to part in deference to the returning titan. The ocean, vast and timeless, embraced the weary monster, and Godzilla waded into its depths. Layla could see the water enveloping his massive form, gradually submerging him, until only the dorsal plates remained visible above the surface. Layla jumped when Thomas placed his hand on her shoulder. So, it's finally over. Do you think that they have learned anything, Dad? That maybe it's time to stop doing things that harm our planet and may wake sleeping giants? Layla asked with hope in her voice. Thomas answered her sadly. I doubt man will ever learn, Layla.
Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Destination Terror, hosted by me, Carmen Carrion. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to CarmenCarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter or Instagram for information on future episodes. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>